Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is uh, episode number 145, dedicated to a network this time, who on October 22nd, 1939, became the first network to broadcast a pro football game in BC. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading to the episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we have Mr. Kevin McGuire, the host of Locked On Nittany Lions, coming on, getting us ready, preparing us for the upcoming Penn State football season and their matchup this weekend against the Indiana Hoosiers. Yes, the Big Ten Conference is finally joining the party. You have conferences like the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, other conferences that have been playing throughout this season. You even had North Dakota State had a showcase game, you may want to say, for Trey Lance. They literally played one game, and that's at all the games they're going to play this fall. Well, the Big Ten starts this weekend. Penn State, the Nittany Lions, didn't get them on earlier in the summer to give a preview for the season. Got them on game week, week number one of their season. Kevin and I have a fun conversation. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. At the end, since it is Thursday, I will come back on and list and give you my picks for the weekend. College football, five picks. NFL, five picks. I want to go ahead right now and list off the games that I'm going to pick. So while you're listening to Kevin and I, our conversation, you could go in there and start saying, ah, I like that game, or ah, I like that game, so we can be on the same page at the end of the episode. Five games in college football. Tonight, I'm picking between either the the winner of Arkansas State and Appalachian State. On Saturday, Auburn at Ole Miss, Cincinnati at SMU, Michigan at Minnesota, just to, oh, excuse me, there's another one, NC State at North Carolina. That was one game that I haven't picked just yet, but by the end of the conversation, you will hear the winner of that game that I pick in the NFL. Tonight, Giants at the Eagles on Sunday, Steelers at the Titans 49ers at the New England Patriots, Buccaneers at the Raiders, and then on Monday night, the Rams are facing the Bears, and I'm going to be an advocate. This may come up on Monday's show. Let's have more doubleheaders on Monday night. It's more enjoyable. It's better. It's better for the football fan in us, and it's great for TV. So I love that. I'm just a little, maybe a little teaser about things that'll come on Monday, but you have to come back Monday to hear if that makes a topic that comes through your speakers on Monday morning. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Happy Valley to enjoy my fun conversation with Mr. Kevin McGuire, host of Locked On, Nittany Lions. And joining us now, it is Kevin McGuire, host of Locked On, Nittany Lions. Those of you that have been here for a few weeks now, you know that I have mentioned that I started being the host of Locked On Buckeyes, which is a daily podcast five days a week on the Ohio State Buckeye football and basketball team. Kevin on the other side uh, with Locked On Nittany Lions every day of the week, providing great content for Nittany Lions fans. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jay. It's uh, so good to get a chance to talk to you, be a part of uh, whatever you've got going on here. I'm excited about it. I, I really love the stuff you're doing, and I think you're raising the bar, and I'm just trying to clear it, man. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to be here working alongside with you moving forward. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited. This, this, this is a fun time right now. It is very fun, very exciting. A lot of big things going on. Uh, big Ten football season starts this Friday. Friday and Saturday kicks off the first week of the football season. Uh, before we get to talking about Penn State, their season, Kevin, um, as far as how what your projections are, how what we may see from them, let the people know where they can connect with you via social media, uh, where they can l- listen to the show, and anything else you're possibly doing as well. 
Yeah, well, first and foremost, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFE. I am on there as much as I possibly can, especially on Saturdays when I'm watching the college football action. Uh, but I always post pretty much everything I ever work on gets posted on that Twitter account. So if you're on Twitter, give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFE. But if you want to check out the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast, it's available on all the podcasting platforms. Jay, I'm sure, has uh, spoken to you many times about it, but it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. Anywhere you get a podcast, just search for Locked on Nittany Lions and it should pop right up. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. But you can also follow that show on Twitter as well at Locked on Nittany. You can also check it out on Facebook and Instagram using the same username. I'm trying to branch out a little bit and give you a little bit different content on each of the social media platforms. So if it's one that's for you, I hope that you enjoy checking it out as well. Uh, and then, of course, I'm also a contributor to AthlonSports.com. I do a lot of uh, Big Ten-oriented assignments every now and then. So uh, if you just want some general Big Ten thoughts, I also have been doing these uh, weekly uh, picks against the spread for college and the NFL I got to say, my NFL picks have been better than my college picks so far this year. It's been tough picking some of these college games as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, that's just kind of the uncertainty of the whole nature of the sport right now. But uh, I'm sure we'll dig into that a little bit as well. But, yeah, I've got a lot of stuff going on. I may have a few more things on the way. So stay tuned is what I say. <laughs> I, I can't say anything just yet, but I'm hoping some things come together. And I hope to share some information for you very soon. That'd be amazing. And I, Kevin, it is a busy time. We all have things going on. When I was hosting the JC podcast, this one here, and I had news about Locked on Buckeyes and then a Colts podcast that I ho host as well. I was like, I can't announce it just yet. So it's like, I got this announcement coming. Just hang on tight, hang tight. It'll be here soon. And then once you re release it, it's like, oh man, I can finally let out what I've been keeping in for so long. Um, But I'll be ke definitely keep looking out for that as well. Coming from you, Kevin. This weekend, like I mentioned, is the beginning of the Big Ten college football season. The the football fan and fee, football fan and me almost said college football season, but that's not the case. I believe the other schools will be in week seven or week eight. Big Ten week number one with the delay, the stoppage. Well, with the stoppage and then the starting again and delay of the season. What has been some of your thoughts in regards to Penn State football and then the excitement about this team finally being able to play this year? Well, I think first and foremost, it doesn't matter you know, what iteration of the schedule we were talking about as far as the Big Ten is concerned. When we were playing a 12-game schedule way back when, it feels like 14 years ago at this point. It does. Uh, but then when uh, things have been adjusted with the schedule, I've always felt pretty firm that this is going to be a pretty good Penn State team. And uh, I'm sure we'll get into it, but obviously the bar is Ohio State. But Penn State seems to be the next rung on the Big Ten ladder as far as I'm concerned. And I, I don't think I'm being a homer when I say that. It does feel like that's the general consensus. So I feel pretty good saying that. Penn State's going to have a really good season as long as things stay together. Now, over the past 24 hours, there's been some startling news regarding one of their star offensive players, running back Journey Brown, uh, potentially not going to play the season due to an undisclosed medical issue. So that puts a little bit of a damper on what still looks like a promising season, even without Micah Parsons, who had opted out as the linebacker uh, for the season, which we already kind of moved on from and accepted. But now you, you could be missing one of your best offensive players. Puts a little damper on it, but I still think Penn State, with everything that they have coming back, uh, I still think this is going to be a really good team. Is it a legitimate Big Ten contender? I don't know. Uh, if they manage to beat Ohio State, that certainly swings things in their favor. Uh, we'll cross that bridge next week, I'm sure, Jay. But I do think that this is a good Penn State team. I, I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about their chances uh, for success on the field this year. They're going to win a good number of games. Um, you know, I think there are a couple tricky spots on the road that they'll have to deal with, and I'm a little bit more pessimistic than some. But I do think, uh, all in all, this is a good Penn State team, a reason to be excited about the upcoming season, especially now that they're going to get a chance to play some football. 
I agree with you right there. And you made a comment about, I was going to touch on this later, but you kind of already let the cat out the bag about Journey Brown losing him. And as I look at the depth chart to my left, uh, it's a little bit small, so I got to pull it to my face a little bit. Noah Kane is the starting running back on the depth chart that I got. And I believe this came out earlier today. And then also Devin Ford is the backup running back. A couple sophomores and behind them, it's a true freshman, a couple true freshmen. So it's not just like there's experience. And I think of experience, I think of juniors or seniors or upper, upperclassmen have experience. You have Journey Brown, a guy that is expected to start and have a big year. But then you're calling, calling on a couple guys that haven't really been in this role before that you're going to, they're going to be asked to fill big shoes. What can we expect from the running back position with Journey Brown potentially not playing at all? It would certainly hurt not to have Journey Brown at all this season. So if we're moving forward with the expectation that he's not going to play, the good news is Penn State's running back position should still be pretty good. Uh, you mentioned Noah Kane at the top of the depth chart, and I think that Penn State should feel comfortable having him as the main guy carrying the football as long as he stays healthy. That was the thing. Last year, he showed some glimpses early on, but he got banged up. He had some nagging injuries, so he wasn't able to have the sustained success throughout the season. And that really helped Jeremy Brown elevate himself as the, the main guy running the ball. So I think as long as no Kane is healthy, Penn State's going to be in pretty good hands running the football. And they also have a couple of younger guys that you mentioned that they still feel pretty optimistic about and they're excited about their futures as well. Uh, Devin Ford would be a guy that also got a couple reps uh, last year, showed a couple things uh, here and there. But the one guy that they're really starting to get excited about is Kaziah Holmes who's going to be one of the freshmen coming in this year. He's towards the bottom of that depth chart, but they've already shared the social media clip online with one of their practices where he's making some defenders look pretty silly. And they compared it and contrasted it to the similar play that Saquon Barkley did years oh, wow. ago when he was in a Penn State practice. So they're already drawing that comparison wherever they possibly can. I'm not saying he's Saquon Barkley. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but he has shown glimpses in practices. And again, practices and games are completely different to a certain degree, but there's reason to be excited. The running back position, while they have had some transition over the last couple of years, it's still probably the more consistent position that Penn State has on offense. It will be. It will be. Let's stick with the offense this year. What would you say would be your expectation as far as how good the offense can be, how they'll click, uh, how they'll move the ball, how swiftly they'll move the ball, things like that. Yeah, so I just said the running back position should still be fine. The fact that they've got Sean Clifford coming back with a full year of starting experience, they should feel pretty good about that. And he can be a little bit of a mobile threat too. So you want to throw him into the running equation, that's fine with me. I think he can do a lot of good things with his feet. Uh, but I also think that uh, throwing the football is going to be something that should still be okay. The biggest question mark is going to be, can they have a wide receiver step up and make some big plays? That's been something that has really hurt them in big spots over the years, uh, most notably against Ohio State. And just, that just so happens to be one of the strengths that Ohio State has had <laughs> over Penn State. But uh, I do think that you know the tight end position, they're fine with Pat Fryermuth, uh, no question there. Uh, they feel pretty good about Sean Clifford. They need the wide receivers to step up, but they also have a new offensive coordinator in Kirk Shiroka, who came over from Minnesota, who had a lot of success there. Uh, so there's you know, some expectation that things will uh, develop a little bit more with that offense, and maybe they'll find some new wrinkles that they can tease out there. The big question is, I think, uh, not having a chance to go through all the spring practices, you know, how, you know, how behind the curve are they in getting that transition to, to where they want it to be and can they get it there quick enough for games against Indiana this weekend Ohio State next weekend and so on after that but I do think that offensively this is going to be a, a good offense I just don't know if it's ready to be great just yet I think they really need those wide receivers to step up and have somebody become the guy that they feel comfortable throwing to in a big spot would you say that the wide receiver position that you just spoke of is possibly what is 
what Penn State needs to take the next step as far as being a good offense to a really good or slash elite offense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, remember, if KJ Hamler was here this year, yeah, yeah. instead of turning pro, that, that's a big difference maker because he can kill you with the speed. Uh, and they don't necessarily have that right now. But I do think that, you know, if, if you're talking about whether or not Penn State can take that next step, be uh, the Big Ten champion, make a spot in the college football playoff for the first time, it's going to be because the wide receivers do step up and develop and prove that they are worthy of you know making those big plays when you need them uh, because I think all the other ingredients are there for a successful offense and this is still be a successful offense but do they have the game-changing wide receivers I don't know if they do just yet but that's going to be one of those questions we kind of continue to monitor as the season rolls out that is true and you mentioned um something earlier I want to circle back to and it's that Ohio State is kind of the consensus number one as far as who the projections are going to be or who will uh, win the Big Ten. Penn State's number two consensus in most people's eyes as far as who's number one in the Big Ten, who's number two. Do you think that if the Big Ten went to a round-robin system like the Big 12 has, no divisions, where you're – well, you may not play every single school, but at the end of the, at the, end of the season, whoever has the number one record, number two record, regardless of side – would be able to play for the conference championship, which would be in, in Indianapolis. Do you think that Penn State would be recognized and would actually make an appearance in Indianapolis if they weren't in the same division as Ohio State? I think there'd be a good chance. Uh, I, I do think that while the, I, I think the Big Ten West is a little bit better than a lot of people have thought so. I, I think it's been improving over the last number of years. So I, I think the competition would be pretty thick for that second spot, uh, but I would feel pretty good that Penn State would have a very good chance to be that second team. Um, I, I think they probably take a couple losses if we go through that kind of a gauntlet. But I do think, you know, top to bottom, you know, Penn State's in a really good uh, position because they, they're going to have a good defense. Their, their offense is going to be just fine for the most part. <laughs> and I don't know if there's another team in the Big Ten that is going to be as well-rounded, excluding Ohio State from that the conversation because they are the consensus number one. But if you're looking for the, the second best team, I'm not so sure that any team out there has the assortment of talent and, uh, and uh, ability and potential that Penn State looks to be bringing into the season. Who could be somebody on the offense and the offensive side of the ball that could be maybe under the radar, maybe an X factor, or could possibly have a breakout season uh, starting this weekend? I'm looking at the freshman wide receiver, Keandre Lambert-Smith. Okay. Uh, he's a guy that came out of high school and through the recruiting cycle with a, a good amount of buzz. And, and we talk about whether or not Penn State has a game-changing wide receiver. I don't know if it's going to be him, but I do think that he's going to be a guy that's going to get some opportunities to show what he can do. And I, again, I don't know if he's ready for the biggest spots, but if he can add some contrib contributions uh, in that passing game, I would not be surprised if Penn State finds a way to, to make it work and give him those opportunities, find room for him to play on the field, um, maybe in a rotation. I don't know. I, I'm not saying he's going to be locking down a, a starting spot just yet, but I do think if he's going to be in the mix, that he could be a player just to keep an eye on as Penn State looks to find one of those wide receivers. Okay. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to, I'm going to remember that name and uh, maybe next week oh, we're on uh, this stuff for locked on or down the road. Be like, Hey, Kevin, you talked about it. He's doing pretty well, or you were a little bit wrong on that one. Um, just, just all in fun, as you know. Oh, that, um, that's fine. I, I've been wrong before. And people on my, in my Twitter mentions have no problem reminding me of that. So I, I'm all, <laughs> I'm all for that. I have no problem with that. Absolutely. Help me remember this real quick. I know Michael Parsons isn't playing, which I thought he was going to come back, come back and opt back into the season and play. But was Pat Fryermuth, did he uh, opt out and then opt back in? 
he never opted out. There was discussion from outside members. I guess he, he may have been evaluating whether or not to opt out, but he never officially opted out. Uh, so when he made an announcement, right when the Big Ten released their schedule, you know, he hopped on, uh, <laughs> crashed uh, James Franklin's interview on Big Ten Network to announce that he was uh, going to be playing this year. But he never opted out. Um, I guess, uh, I don't know if there was a rumor that he had opted out. But, but he never officially opted out. I'm, I'm putting it out there right now. Uh, but I do think that it was good news that he decided to stay with the program for Penn State because that's going to make their offense a little bit better. It will be. I remember I, mentioned, I just mentioned Micah, Micah Parsons, and uh, I thought he was going to be Ohio State side or a Purdue side or a Minnesota. Other schools in the Big Ten, Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore, Wyatt Davis, Sean Wade. I thought he was going to go down that track and opt back into the season, but I don't believe he decided to opt back in how will that loss affect either – I know it's going to have possibly have a negative effect, but how will the loss um, affect the defense of, the, of Penn State? Then how do you fill in the holes that are, that's left because that player is gone? Yeah, there's no replacing Micah Parsons. Uh, this is one of the best defensive players in college football, so that is a tremendous loss. Uh, but the good news is Penn State has some good potential at the linebacker position. They're really excited about Brandon Smith, who's going to be one of the starters this year. And he's going to be an electric guy as well. Uh, is, he's not Micah Parsons, like I said, but he's going to be really good. So Penn State's linebackers are going to be pretty decent this year. And I think that's one thing that they're they're really happy about. I, you know, This is a school that calls itself linebacker U. I'm not going to get into all of that because I feel like the defensive line has actually been more consistently productive than the linebacker position at Penn State for a number of years. But I do think there is something to be said about the ability that Penn State has to have linebackers that you can trust and rely on. They're going to be able to find the football. They may not dazzle you. They may not be necessarily star players, but they're going to make some plays and they can force some turnovers here and there. And this linebacker group is still going to be in pretty decent hands. Obviously, it'd be a lot better if Michael Parsons decided to opt back in. I was wondering if maybe he would come back maybe for like the first couple games of the season just for the heck of it, just throwing it out there. But uh, that, that would have been fun to see. But um, yeah, there's there's no replacing Michael Parsons, but kind of, sort of like the, the running back position. Penn State's linebacker position is going to be okay. Uh, they may not have the, the big name players that you know just yet, but give it some time and they're going to get a chance to shine. And I think people are going to realize that Penn State's got some pretty good linebackers too. They always do. It doesn't matter the year. It doesn't matter um, who's coaching, it seems like. Penn State always finds a way to not just recruit good linebackers, great linebackers in high school, but once they get to Penn State and Happy Valley, they find a way to develop them. What do you think <laughs> What do you think is the formula? Like, Because, like I said, it's not just one coach. No matter who the coach is, it seems like the linebackers keep coming in, and it could be, like you mentioned earlier, the D-line could assist the linebackers to get more attention but you're still finding linebackers that aren't just doing good in college. They're doing good in the NFL as well. What, what do you think is the formula, the, the, secret, the secret sauce? I, I don't know, but I just, there's just there's some way that they teach these linebackers to know where the football is and know how to track it down. And I think that that is something that is really a testament to the kind of success that they have had over the years with those linebackers. You, you said it. I mean, Penn State always has linebackers. You're not always going to know all of their names. They're not no. all going to be Paul Puzlozny or uh, you know, Sean Connor. You know, it would help if they put the names Dan on the Connor. back of the jerseys. <laughs> yeah. uh, they did do that a few years back. I remember that. But, um, you know, personally, uh, just a uniform side, I'm glad that they took the names off the jerseys. I like yeah, yeah. the jerseys the way they are. Uh, anyway, but I do feel as though just there's there's just some mentality that goes into when you go to Penn State and you're a linebacker, you know the history that's there and you're just striving to 
be a part of that history, live up to that reputation of the, the strong lineage of linebacker play that Penn State has had over the years. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just getting a chance to reflect on the, the history of the program uh, and realizing how many linebackers have come through this uh, program, have gone on to the NFL, have had success, have been team captains, have made big plays and big moments uh, for national championship teams, Big Ten championship teams. You know, the, the success of Penn State has always had a big linebacker make a big play at some point along the way. So everybody's just striving to be the next one. You mentioned a player on the offensive side of the ball. As far as someone we should keep our eyes on, who on the defense do you think could either be an X factor or uh, someone that's going to be maybe a breakout star this year? Looking at that defensive end, I mentioned earlier that defensive linemen have been pretty good. Jason Owa is going to be stepping in and taking on a little bit more of a significant role, I think, this season coming off of the defensive end position. And I think he's going to be a pretty fun player to watch. Penn State's defensive line is going to be pretty good, and it's going to be pretty trouble, be pretty troubling for opposing offensive linemen to really pick who they need to focus on the most. So that could open up some opportunities for Owa, I think, uh, early on as people are really trying to figure out what they're going to do against this Penn State defensive line. But I think he's going to be the player that's really bringing some pressure off the one side of the ball while Shaka Tony's on the other end. Uh, I think the defensive end position is going to be pretty fun to watch for Penn State. I, I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Um, I like – one thing I, I talk about on, the, on this podcast a lot, and those, those listeners of Lockdown Buckeyes, they'll learn this as the season goes on. I try my best to watch O-line and D-line play, no matter who's playing. Now, I may not know their name, but I at least remember their number and two or three things that they have done during the game that stick out to me. And so week two, you kind of a, a, kind of a precursor, a tease for things to come. Uh, Kevin and I will be on Locked On Buckeyes and Locked On Nitty, Nitty Lions next week, uh, kind of talking about the Ohio State-Penn State game during week two. So lo- check out those podcasts for next week to figure out uh, what Kevin, my thoughts and Kevin's thoughts are regarding that matchup. But I will be watching, and I'll be trying to watch a couple clips or some film on Penn State, Indiana this weekend to kind of see how the O-line, how the D-line plays. Because I know, if in Kevin, I'm just, I know you can reiterate this as well. If they don't play well, doesn't matter how good Clifford is or how good the LBs are, the, the offense and defense cannot be successful. Absolutely. It's something I say time and time again. It doesn't matter how good your quarterback is. It doesn't matter how good your running backs are. If you don't give your quarterback time to breathe and you don't open up lanes for your running back, you're not going to go anywhere. So you have to have an offensive line. And that was one of the big problems that Penn State had uh, back during the sanctions and under the Bill O'Brien era. They didn't really have the ability to recruit offensive linemen. So Bill O'Brien did his best to get some skill position players and you know, it had some flashes, but it just wasn't going to be able to something you could really build anything off of. And again, there were other issues at play here, but the fact that they didn't have the depth at offensive line really until the last few years under James Franklin, as again, got got back, back to speed. That's when you're starting to see some more success out of this Penn State offense. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. Coaches have changed. Yes. And offense coordinators have changed. That's been a big part of it too. But you know, the offensive line going into this year is probably going to be the best that James Franklin has had to work with. So very curious to see how that all plays out moving forward this year too. I agree with you. Let's look, look at the schedule very quickly. I mentioned the game on Saturday at Indiana in Bloomington, Indiana. Then you have Ohio. Then it's Ohio State week two, Maryland week three, Nebraska week four, Iowa week Iowa week five, Michigan six week the sixth week. Then Rutgers and Michigan State. Before I get to the eight games that are being played, do you like the championship week style where? Division win, a division winner versus division winner, then uh, East two, East, West two, East three, West three. Do you like that style kind of a way to wrap off somewhat of a different style of season? I like it for this year. Yeah. I, I don't think I need this to be part of a normal regular season. Hopefully we have one of those next year, but I, I, I like the twist this year. I liked what the ACC did by strapping uh, divisions entirely. Uh, so I, I like it. It's a new little wrinkle. 
I kind of wish the Big Ten went to a non-division format this year too, like the ACC, just as a side. But, you know, it's something new. It's something different. And it gives everybody else a chance to play another game, get some extra practices in. So I'll, I'll be very curious to see what the state of the Big Ten is at the end of the season when we get to that week nine. You know, how, how excited are the two last place teams in this conference going to be to play one more game? I don't know. <laughs> it could be an ugly game. It could be a great game. Who knows? But I'll be very curious to see how that all pairs up. And you know, I'll reserve uh, my reaction to how it all goes down until later on. But I, I, as I sit here right now, I like the idea. I'm all for it. More football. It's fine with me, especially this year. Yeah, it, it is. And it could be. I don't know. I don't know it's for sure. I don't think it's for gospel. But it could be a way for the Big Ten to get more money, to get more revenue, to kind of assist with what they lost. Um, I, I just don't know. It's just a weird thought that I have in my head. Maybe they're utilizing that to uh, fill in some of the money that they, that they lost. Big Ten Conference Championship was, uh, was, was taken away, the Final Four, all that stuff. Jay, let me just say this. One thing that I've said time and time again over the last how many years now is the bottom line is always the bottom line. So yes, you're absolutely right. This is definitely a financially incentive uh, decision. And I'm okay with that. I get it because there has been so much revenue that's been lost this year. Uh, even for a conference that's going to make as much as the Big Ten is, it's going to be a, a fraction of what they're typically accustomed to when those revenue sh uh, sharing numbers come out uh, next year. So, uh, you know, not that the Big Ten is going poor or anything like that, but yeah, any extra opportunity you can create to generate some revenue, get some more TV money out of it. Uh, I think you have to take advantage of that, especially this year when a lot of schools are facing a lot of dire situations. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit more of a stressful situation for some of the group of five programs, the FCS schools. Uh, it's been a tough year. And uh, the, even the Big Ten schools are feeling the pinch. You've seen how many uh, schools have had to cut programs, put coaches and uh, athletic directors on furloughs and all that stuff. It's still ongoing. It's not going away. So, yeah, let's generate some revenue any way we can. Um, you know, hopefully that's not at the expense of the health of the players and anybody else involved. But uh, if everybody's on board with it, I'm all, I'm all for it, too. Yeah. And real quickly, before we do wrap this up, I believe our time's almost gone. We look at the schedule. You, I, I went through very, very quickly, top to bottom, week one through week eight. What game do you say is maybe a hiccup game? Because aside from the Ohio State-Penn State game, that's, I, I believe that's an ABC Saturday night game day style that week there. But aside from that game, what other game sticks out that says Penn State better bring it or they may walk away with an L? Well, I will say, go back and listen to my schedule analysis with our pal uh, Ben Stevens on the Locked On Big Ten podcast from a couple weeks ago. I pointed this out. There are three road games in particular that I think are going to be dangerous for Penn State. One of them is going to be this weekend against Indiana. I think it's a bad spot uh, to open up the season on the road against this Indiana team. But the two games that I think could potentially be a loss, or at least one of them will be a loss for Penn State, aside from the Ohio State game, are going to be on the road. The road game against Nebraska and the road game against Michigan. I probably lean a little bit more towards being worried about the Michigan team because I think Michigan's going to be better than a lot of people uh, seem to think. Uh, I don't count Michigan out at all. Uh, and there's certainly a team that can give Penn State problems, especially the, the way that home field advantage has worked in this series in particular has been really interesting in the last few years. And Penn State has had a heck of a time when they have to go to Ann Arbor. I understand uh, it's going to be very different around the Big Ten in road game situations this year with the, the fan situation. So maybe that helps. But <laughs> I think that if Penn State can go and win a game at Michigan, they're going to be in store for something pretty big because I think that that could be a potential loss for Penn State. Yeah, and you mentioned something about the about the, the stadium situation where it's going to be a different environment. I was listening. No, I read something that Ryan – I didn't He didn't. I didn't hear it. I read something Ryan Day said today. We're going to close wrap up the show with this. He made a comment about how – the stadiums that are larger, not even say he didn't utilize say this phrase, but um, he basically said it. 
Ohio Stadium seats 100,000 plus, uh, the Big House 100,000 plus, Happy Valley 100,000 plus. So you have these big, large stadiums. So even though there's not the fans there to cheer and to war and to create their own energy, you're still going to have though that 70 decibel limit of the crowd noise that has been handed to the state to the to the universities to, to the stadiums. Once that starts getting played, that sound is still bouncing off of the seats off of the stadium. So you may get a shot where a chance where the big house or happy Valley or Ohio stadium may be louder than say a Memorial stadium in Bloomington or uh, the Minnesota where Minnesota plays simply because the size and the massive nature of the stadium itself, because you're the sound is just going to be boom, 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 bouncing every which way. And so the the natural nature of a white out uh, Ohio state Penn state, I believe that would be the white out game this year. If, they, if that was still going on, mm-hmm. It does not going to have the fans, but Kevin, it still may be a little bit louder than your Penn State, Indiana this weekend. Yeah, you're not going to hear crickets in these stadiums, that's for sure. Especially at a place like Beaver Stadium, where like it's basically an erector set, so it's going to bounce <laughs> off all this metal all, all game long. That's going to be interesting. I, I'm not really sure how to feel about it just yet. I want to see that play out, especially in these bigger stadiums that are going to have uh, more of an echo, more reverb. I, I don't really know. I'm not an audio uh, expert by any means, but I'll be very curious to see how that's received, how that plays out. Uh, I'm just kind of curious if this is going to be something that home teams even want, because I just, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to play out in the stadiums. I don't know how it's going to play out during the game day atmosphere. Is it distracting to the teams? Do they even, is that going to be something that they want to have every game of the season? I don't know what the answer to that is. I, that's why I'm very curious to see how it's all playing out, how it's received by the home teams, by the road teams. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be one of the first questions that you hear in these post-game press conferences. So it's just kind of a, another another experiment along the way. We'll see if it has any success, if it does anything to replicate the authenticity of what's supposed to be a home crowd. I, I don't think it's going to be uh, something that plays over very well in my point of view, but Again, if it, if it works, so be it. You know, it, whatever you got to do to make it as much of an enjoyable experience as possible, I'm all for. I'm just not so sure that this is going to be it, but we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Kevin, very quickly, um, thank you for coming on. But let's once again, let people know where they can connect with you via social media and then also where um, they can catch some of your work as well. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, Jay, thank you so much for having me on. This was a blast. Looking forward to reconnecting with you next week on our crossover episodes. Uh, but you can check me out on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. It's available on all the podcasting platforms. You can check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Twitter. I'm sorry, I said Twitter already, but Twitch and Instagram <laughs> using the username Locked On Nittany. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. I contribute some articles to athonsports.com. A lot of Big Ten content, so I'll always be sharing that with you guys as well. Yes, uh, I follow Kevin on Twitter. He he does a lot. He's very busy, especially on a college football Saturday. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on here, the Jay Stevens podcast, and be, be listening to this voice. Get used to it because you may catch it here sometime soon down the road, or maybe even uh, on Locked on Buckeyes. Whichever place you find me, uh, there's a chance that you'll hear Kevin's voice more than once. Kevin, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. When you hear the picks of my games, especially in college football, you will find that there is one trend among all of them. And I will say this now before I get into the picks. When making my picks, I do my best to go with my first instinct, my gut instinct, whatever the first feeling is that I have about that particular game. And it just came out to be that with these games this weekend, there is one simple trend. 
I know once you hear it, you're going to say, Jay, this is scary. This is ner- I'm nervous for you. Uh, you helped me. Uh, uh, now, now I'm nervous for myself. I understand that, but I'm going with my gut. Sometimes my gut lets me down, but more often than not, my gut is correct. So I'm going to go ahead and give you my five picks for college. You'll see the trend. You'll be thinking the same thing I'm thinking, and then give you my games for the p- game picks for the NFL to close out this episode. Tonight, Thursday night football in college. I am taking Appalachian State at home to beat Arkansas State. On Saturday, North Carolina at home to beat NC State. Ole Miss at home to beat Auburn. SMU at home to beat Cincinnati. And then also, Saturday night, first first weekend of the Big Ten football season, P.J. Fleck, Mr. Row the Boat, over Minnesota beating at home the University of Michigan, the Michigan Wolverines. Told you there's a trend. I'm just rolling with it. A couple upsets, as you see, but we'll see how they play out this weekend. In the NFL, the Giants over the Eagles tonight, and then also on Sunday, Steelers over the Titans. They stay undefeated. Pat Patriots over the 49ers. Home field helps them. The Raiders over the Buccaneers. Home field helps them as well. And then the Rams over the Bears on Monday night football. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can always send your emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode number one, be sure to let people know about the podcast. This is episode one, four, five of the JC Podcast. I'll see you next time. <laughs>